0: Hi, welcome. If you remembered from, it would have been last week's podcast or it had been episode 42, I talked to you about changing your habits and that in my next episode, I would talk to you um, about changing your habits and take you through the 28 day program that I have. So um, I'm going to do that now. So if you wanted to listen to the introduction to this, then dial back and tune into episode 42. If not... Let's get cracking um, on this one, Um, because first of all, welcome to your habit changer. But what you you got to remember now is it's not just calories in versus calories out anymore, as not all calories are created the same. You've got some types of calories that are converted into heat rather than fat. And the more of these types of calories you consume, the easier weight loss will be. Now these are going to be explored during this podcast and by the end of it you'll have a huge understanding of how to eat for weight management. But your first challenge is to cut out caffeine and any other crap that you might have in your diet. And if you can't remember what the crap anagram is, it's caffeine, refined sugar, alcohol and processed food. Um, Now when you start to take away the caffeine out of your diet, we get a caffeine, you can suffer from a caffeine withdrawal. Um, But giving up the caffeine is a great place to start. So if you have 10 cups of coffee a day, don't just go cold turkey, try and wean off it um, gradually. Um, But why are we giving up caffeine in a weight management program? Well, way back then, even before your granny was born, as humans evolved... We developed a flight or fight reflex, and this meant that in the days of having to catch your own tea, the adrenal gland would throw huge amounts of adrenaline into the system, along with a hormone called cortisol, which I'm sure you've heard about. Um, And this helped release sugars that are stored as glycogen in the muscles into the bloodstream. And the purpose was to give the body instant energy to be able to run and catch that buffalo um, or rabbit, depending on what you wanted wanted to have for tea. And the stimulus for releasing adrenaline was stress. Well, now all our stresses come from talking on the phone, at your desk, driving the car to school or, you guessed it, drinking coffee and tea or caffeinated drinks. The flight or fight reflex is still there and sugars are still releasing to the bloodstream, but the energy is no longer used. So there is a combination of cortisol in the system from, from the stressors and too much sugar in the bloodstream and this means that insulin is required to remove the sugars. But combine insulin and the cortisol together, and the main location for the sugar storage is around the belly um, area where your vital organs are. But sadly, it's not stored as sugar, and you've already guessed, I imagine, it is stored as fat. Plus, as a result of releasing the glycogen from the muscles, the body needs to replenish these stores, so often after stress goes hunger in the form of more sugar. So now do you understand that if we want to lose weight, the first thing that needs to go is anything with caffeine in it. So next we're gonna take a look at the toxicity of abdominal fat and the effect it's having on your heart, lungs, liver and sugar balance. And this is why I need you to be aware of your waist to hip ratio, as sometimes this is a bit of a wake up call. So if you haven't done already, um, press pause, get a tape measure, And take your measurements of your hip and your waist. So talking of abdominal fat, the fat around your middle, the coffee and the other stresses in life that have conspired to lay fat down around your middle. Well, this fat is sitting nicely, cuddle up to your vital organs and is classed as systemic inflammation. It can release its own hormones and can lead to conditions such as heart disease, high blood pressure and type 2 diabetes, along with storing all those toxins. However, even more importantly, visceral fat can lead to a fatty liver, which is a condition that can lead ultimately to cirrhosis of the liver and something that is usually only seen in heavy drinkers. As the liver is the main organ that detoxes the body and metabolises fat, without it working correctly, weight loss is going to be pretty hard to achieve. Now, I'm not suggesting that you're all near to liver failure, but if your waist to hip ratio... And to get that, you divide your waist measurement by your hip measurement is above 0.8. Then you are carrying far too much fat around your middle. Your goal through all of this has to be to get the measurement down to 0.79 or below. Now, tracking this measurement is a much better way to see your fat, fat loss progress than anything the scales say. And just remember, no one can see what you weigh written across your forehead. So ditch the scales. Right. Now, we're going to start to look in more detail at the relationship between certain food types and the hormonal effect that they have in the body. But hopefully you're going to see why now it's so important to support the liver through any fat loss program. So the next thing we're going to talk about is insulin. And it's that hormone that I've been threatening to tell you about. Um, And in a nutshell, it's the stuff that makes us and keeps us fat. Bummer. So this is how it works. When you eat, carbohydrate is broken down in the stomach and converted into sugars. The more refined the carbs, the more simple the sugar, the quicker it gets into the bloodstream. So the pancreas secretes insulin to sweep sugar and other nutrients out of the bloodstream and takes them to the cells to be used as energy. However, if energy is not required at that time, the sugars can be stored for later. And this storage is what the issue is or is the problem is the issue I do have a habit of tripping over my tongue when I start getting a little bit passionate about things anyway back to the program in hand the sugars are converted into glycerol and this substance nicely combines with fatty acids which are fixed in the fat cells the only way this fixed fat can be disassembled is with a substance called hormone sensitive lipase and you know what Insulin inhibits this lipase from being produced, which means the lipolysis or fat burning to you and me doesn't take place while there is insulin present. So in short, it is the insulin that's fattening and the lower the insulin, the greater the fat burning for energy. Okay, what stimulates the release of insulin? I hear you ask carbs. Carbs stimulate the insulin production in order to keep blood sugars under control. Insulin blocks the production of lipase needed to burn fat. Now, fats do not cause insulin to be released at all. This means lipase can be reduced and fat burning can take place. Protein does cause the release of insulin, but also produces glycogen, which mitigates any fat form and influence from the insulin. Insulin is the biggest issue when it comes to managing weight and will always be released with any form of man-made or refined carbohydrate. Right, now we've looked at insulin and the reason why we're giving up refined carbs. Now we need to look at busting the myth of fat. Now, a study done recently shows that the impact that fat has on insulin levels in one group of subjects. Sorry, one group of subjects had to fast for 84 hours other than just a saline drip. During this time, insulin levels dropped and fat breakdown increased, evidenced by the amount of fatty acids in the bloodstream. Another group were given an intravenous drip of mostly fat and the equivalent to about 2000 calories. Just as before, insulin levels dropped and fatty acids in the bloodstream increased, meaning fat was being burned for fuel. In other words, eating fat induces the same state as fasting when it comes to insulin levels. So again, it is insulin that causes us to get fat, not fat. Whilst I'm not suggesting you go and eat nothing but fat, it does show that a fat-rich diet can help with the fat-burning process. The problem with fat only arises when it's mixed with carbs that overstimulate insulin production. If you adopt a low-fat, high-carb diet, as suggested by some of the slimming clubs, you are actually basing your diet on foods that deposit fat in the cells and help to keep it there. I rest my case. So let's look at it. The types of fats you should be eating. Now, fat is broken down very slowly and released into the bloodstream, so it keeps you feeling fuller for longer, plus at least 20% of your calories per day. I'll say that again, 20%. your calories per day so every hundred calories you have 20 of those need to be coming from fat and that's good fats and most specifically omega-3 people following low-fat diets have experienced all sorts of fat cravings indicating the body is lacking in something fat and don't go for skim milk either it's too processed and full of hormones don't use low-fat spread as it contains so many chemicals that it messes with metabolism and anyway, anything with low have low fat is going to have something added to extra taste. And do you know what that is? It's usually sugar. Me, if I drink milk, I don't actually drink as much milk as I used to. I have full fat milk and I have butter. Yeah, shock horror. Um, but yes, I do. And also the way it's put together, the body breaks it down easier. It's more of a natural occurring thing, food. Anyway, sugar equals insulin equals fixing fat in the cells. So start to change your view of fat. It is good for you in its natural state. Butter. And I'm not saying go and spread it on your toes so that you can see your teeth marks in it, though. So just, you know, just bear that one in mind. Trans fats and homogenized fats. I struggle to say that. In baked goods and processed foods are the ones you need to be avoiding. So that's your pastries and your cakes and so on. Now we're going to come back to fat a little bit later on but what i'll look at now is why we should sleep more if we're trying to lose weight now sleep is crucial to controlling cortisol levels so i spoke about earlier when we talked about stress and the release of adrenaline we also talked about or i talked about the release of cortisol to control adrenaline levels insulin and cortisol are like the ugly sisters they conspire together to fix fat in the cells and keep it there so by adjusting your food intake to lower insulin levels you also need to adjust stress and get more sleep to reduce cortisol levels or do Pilates Um, (laughs) sleep is a time that the body repairs itself and bringing down cortisol is part of this repair so get cortisol down to a normal level where it's not elevated by stress and fat burning becomes far more and so much more realistic. So go to bed by 10.15, if you can, you know, and practice deep breathing or meditation and make sure you have time to exercise during the day to improve the quality of your sleep. Now, I can almost hear people saying, oh my God, I work shifts, I don't finish till half past 10. Well, adjust your sleeping pattern accordingly and aim as best you can to have eight hours sleep, good quality sleep, okay? Right, right at the very beginning, I said it's not all about calories in versus calories out. So we're just going to take a look at calories. Um, now, a calorie is a calorie. It's a unit of energy. So a Mars bar may have 280 calories and so may a handful of Brazil nuts. Yeah, but it's what's inside and that what's happening inside your body. That's the real key here. Now, due to the structure and the nature of the calorie, it's a simple for Mars and complex for nuts. It will require a lot more energy from the body to break down the nut-based calories than the Mars-based calories. Plus, some of the calories the nuts will turn from the calories... Will, like put my teeth in. Some of the calories from the nuts will turn to heat rather than the fat, which is the case for the Mars bar. Now, this is the thermogenic effect of food that I have previously mentioned. And it's the heat generated by the body during digestion and the metabolism food. Now, just to reiterate, of the three main nutrients, protein, fat and carbs, in brackets, protein is by far and away the most thermogenic or the heat generating. So when we eat protein, it's broken into amino acids for digestion. And it is then rebuilt in the body for repair of muscles. So there is a huge calorific expenditure far outweighing The calorie intake. The food you choose to eat, despite having the same calorific contact, may have totally different calorie expenditure in the body. Hence, we don't calorie count. Now here's why a conventional calorie-restrictive diet doesn't work. Calorie restriction restriction induces a state of metabolic suppression, meaning you burn less calories on a day-to-day basis as your body thinks it's in starvation mode. And as I said in the previous podcast, stop calorie counting. Now, due to fewer calories, you feel tired most of the time and therefore expend less energy as a result. Now, nutrition, nu- nutrient deficiencies can slow the metabolic rate. For example, fat free hunger and a preoccupation with foods rate leads to a raised stress level. So can you see where I'm coming from? So if you've been obsessing over calories, just stop right now. It just really isn't worth it. Right, moving on. Let's have a look at hormones. Now, keeping the hormones in balance is crucial for an effective weight loss. So there are three key things. Do you know what? I'm holding up three fingers as if you can see what I'm saying. (laughs) Anyway, there are three key things that need to be added to your diet This is a general, remember diet, you're not going on a diet. Diet is your eating habits at any given time. So the three key things that need to be added to your diet to achieve optimal health. Long-term sustained fat loss requires your body to be healthy right down to a cellular level. So without healthy, clean cells that are clear of toxin, weight loss is never really sustainable. Today's diets are lacking in so many areas, but one of the key areas is trace minerals. The soil now is so over-farmed and products are picked before they are ripe. And yet they're kept in cold storage and get this for up to 18 months at times. Think of a banana. It's picked when it's green. That's not had time to develop all its nutrients and mature and be ripe. So just bear that one in mind as well. Now, this also means then the mineral content in food is therefore massively depleted by the time we consume them. And that's far due to far too depleted if optimum health of the body is to occur so trace minerals are the key elements required to nourish your glandular system for instance chromium is required to nourish the pancreas for the correct balance of insulin production see how we're linking everything together iodine is needed in the thyroid for produ- for the correct production of thyroxine and manganese potassium and zinc are all essential prerequisites for the sex hormones Why is it that infertility infertility occurs so much more today? Why is it so many more people have under-functioning thyroids and are prescribed thyroxine? Why is it PMT seems to really affect women so much more these days? There's food for thought. Now, all of, these, all of these are symptoms that the grand, glandular, glandular, system, glandular system is struggling to cope with the lack of raw materials. So hormones are in flux, metabolism is affected and fat burning slows. Add into this sugar cravings because the sex hormones are all over the place and you've got a bit of a mess. So given that we already know insulin causes the storing of sugar as fats and prevents the production of lipase, which is the fat burning hormone, it's no wonder that we are sp- with fat loss. Now a study done in 2010 gave 100 overweight women nothing more than a multivitamin and a mineral supplement for six months. Nothing about their diet was changed other than taking this daily multivitamin. All of the women saw significant falls in body weight and fat levels and they all experienced a higher resting metabolism. They were nourishing their glandular system giving the cells what was required for optimum health And all of a sudden, their bodies started working efficiently again and burnt fat for fuel. So now you can go to the shops and buy multivitamin if you want, but you'll be wasting your money. So the majority of multivitamins sold in the high street shops will be made from synthetic materials that your body simply cannot recognise. And they'll be flushed out of your system straight away. Now, trust me on this. Do nothing until you have the full picture, which you'll have by the end of this podcast. So keep eating your dark fruit and veg and make sure you have some spinach, Brazil nuts and lentils in your diet on a day-to-day basis. Right, we're gonna come back to fats now. So we've covered that certain fats are extremely good for you, but we are so obsessed with low-fat everything in this country that we are creating a massive imbalance in the system. Essential fats have huge benefits and eating them in a balanced fashion can promote optimal health and support hormones. Research suggests eating essential fats can help the prevention of cancer, Alzheimer's disease, diabetes, cardiovascular and cardiovascular disease. Eating good fats will not make you fat. Rather more, they can improve body composition and actually help you lose fat. Fat tends to be known as the macronutrient that is most easily processed in the body meaning it requires the least energy to break down. However, not all fats are created equally. Scientific studies show that the body process, the body processes the assorted fats, assorted types of fats very differently. And the body does not saw the essential fatty acid or the EFAs, such as the omega-3 fats found in fish and flax seeds as fat in the body. The body likes to use these fats to make hormones and build the outer layer of cells. The effect is that eating the omega-3 fats will raise energy expenditure, leading you to burn more calories than you would otherwise. For example, a study of overweight men found that when they increased their omega-3 intake from 0.43 grams a day to 2.92 grams a day, they experienced a 51% increase in the amount of calories they burned after eating. Now, studies suggest that it's not just the EFAs, the essential fatty acids, that don't get stored as fat in the body. Monosaturated fat that is found in avocado, olive oil and most nuts doesn't appear to increase body fat levels either. Fat is also very filling. The fats highlighted here will improve insulin sensitivity, decrease inflammation and support hormone balance. Everything that I've talked about so far. But they can't fix the damage that you do if you eat lots of carbs. Harbs, where am I from? Trans fats or processed foods. Therefore, eating a diet that limits carbs but is abundant in a array of healthy fats will give you the perfect diet for promoting health and preventing heart disease. In contrast, a diet high in carbohydrates and low in omega-3s and other fats is very sluggish, leading to fat gain. Other benefits of omega-3 fats are brain protection and lower inflammation, allowing for decreased cancer and heart risk, heart disease risk. Now, great sources include avocado, oily fish, nuts, and virgin olive oil. Right. Remember we spoke about insulin earlier? Uh, we're coming back to insulin, and we're going to talk about insulin resistance. So, do you remember your hip to a... Uh, l- l- I spoke about hip to waist ratio now needing to be around or below 0.8. Well, that back around your middle is actually a form of inflammation, as is insulin resistance. So let's go back a few steps. Every metabolic process that your body goes through releases free radicals. Now, these little pests are volatile molecules that need to attach to something to stabilize themselves. And usually what they attach to is healthy tissue. This starts the inflammatory process, and as more free radicals are released, so they attach to the inflamed area and make the inflammation worse. Now, on your cells, you have these little protrusions called insulin receptors, which free radicals love. So they will ta- will attach to these receptors, causing inflammation, and causing the receptors to shut down. If half your insulin receptors on your cells are shut <laughs> If half your insulin receptors on your cells are shut down, you need to double the amount of insulin to get the glucose into the cells for energy production. Double insulin means double sugar for half the energy. So you get an insulin and sugar imbalance starting to establish. And as I keep banging on about excess sugar in the system, when combined with excess insulin is stored in the cells as fat. But you add to this the body's stress of trying to deal with an insulin imbalance and you've and a cortisol release and you have a cortisol release too. So not only have you got inflammation, but you've also start to store weight around the middle due to cortisol in your system, which is not good. So what is required is the need to switch back on the insulin receptors and reduce the inflammation. And the way to do this m- is to massively increase the amount of antioxidants in your system antioxidants are your savior. They will have they have the space on them that the free radicals can attach to and then are flushed out of the system. And with enough antioxidant in your system you can drastically reduce insulin resistance which is the precursor to type 2 diabetes. And in many cases, not all in many cases, type 2 diabetes develops through lifestyle choices. So it's knowing what choices to make to make the right choices. Now, antioxidants are the little lovelies that help you to slow down the aging process. Hence the reason why they are added to so many skin creams. However, to get any benefit from them, you have to consume them, not put them on your skin, which is another little clever marketing thing we can't tend to buy into. So you need to be adding into the diet for optimum health, massive daily dose of antioxidants. And the main foods of these are strawberries, blueberries and all the dark fruit and veg So go on, go out and buy yourself a pint of blueberries for lunch. All right, moving on. We've spoken about lots of different things. And here we are. We all need more than we think. So smokers, some of you out there listening to me may be a smoker. You need an extra five milligrams of vitamin C per cigarette just to detoxify the added toxin burden. If you are stressed, you need more B vitamins. And if you are prone to depression, you need more B3, which is niacin. Right, omega-3s. You heard me talk about that. So this is one of our essential fatty acids, meaning we must eat it in our diet. There is no disease state that has not been improved in the presence of omega 3 when tested. The studies are endless. Now, nature sources include salmon, sardines, mackerel, rainbow trout, seaweed, spinach, kale, eggs, flax seeds, edamame beans, wild rice and walnuts, um, which, you know, we can be quite, sadly, quite deficient. Now, less people are actually eating oily fish because of lifestyle choices, which does include veganism. So if you are and vegetarianism. Unless you're a pescatarian, where you eat fish. Of course, getting a bit technical now. <coughs> Excuse me. So, you know, there is seaweed, spinach and kale, eggs. Just think about your choices when you're, um, you know, doing your food. Um, and omega-3 is a superfood that helps. It can help blood sugar management. It turns on fat-burning genes, turns off fat-storing genes. <coughs> Excuse me, I have a tickle. Um, it balances mood and sex hormones and it supports joint health, has cell integrity, and most importantly, reduces inflammation. <clears throat> now, not only does it reduce inflammation for joints and acute injury, but also systemic inflammation. Right. Talking about omega-3 oils, omega-3s are essential for the fat burning and it keeps the ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 working in the right balance for fitness and health. So make salad dressings with uh, bottled oil such as olive, flax or coconut or OP4 capsule. And this is a really essential part of the fat burning process. Mixed Sprouts, um, these blended sprout seeds are full of nutrients and common mixtures of green lentils, chickpeas, and dookie beans and brown lentils. And pulses make great snacks um, mixed with cottage cheese if you're a cottage cheese fan or added to salad. Um, whole Wheat Giant Couscous, which is just a bigger version of regular couscous and much tastier and makes interesting addition to salads. So there's just a few tips on what you can add to your diet. Now, there are different things that affects the toxicity of our lives. So I'm going to talk to you about seven of those. It's very precise, wasn't it? Modern day farming is one of them. Our produce is grown in depleted soil, which I mentioned earlier, which lacks the minerals needed for it to contain all the goodness we should be getting. And in Europe, 72% of the minerals have been lost in the last 100 years. That's quite shocking, really. You've got pesticides, which are designed to kill the bugs, mice and rats. Um, microorganisms, which make minerals available for plants. And the pesticides destroy microorganisms that are in the soil. Things are harvested too early. Again, I mentioned that previously, like your bananas. Um so to, to make sure they last longer and the nutritional content has not been developed and this affects the taste and nutritional quality of the food it's also cold storage so foods are stored for days weeks or months depending on the type of crop 80% of most people diets are refined and processed foods depleted foods with undesirable ingredients you've got modern diet modern, modern, diet, modern day eating diet different to our ancestors they often we often consume foods that cause fatigue, bloating, weight gain, diabetes, etc. Overcooking. Um, food is often overcooked and if you overcook something, you cook out all the goodness. Um, if you get a sustained heat of 48 degrees or 118 degrees Fahrenheit, actually destroys many of the enzymes in the food. Indigestion. Ageing and stress can result in poor digestion. And if you have a good diet but problems digesting. in... Then you might be nutrient deficient. And then obviously the depletion from drugs. For example, aspirin, it triples vitamin C excretion. Paracetamol reduces the antioxidant glutathione levels in the liver. Antidepressants, and they many deplete B vitamins and the accident CQ, CoQ10. You've got statins which are used to lower cholesterol and the beta blockers given for high blood pressure, both destroy this CoQ10. Antibiotics destroy friendly bacteria. So just take a little extra, take a step back and think how you're getting your food, how you cook it, you know, and if you are on any medication or you do pop the paracetamol quite regularly. Now we've mentioned antioxidants before, so they are like our radiator. Now, just like a car's cooling system, the radiator, it keeps the heat generated by the engine from destroying the engine parts. Now, the body needs a cooling system to keep the the oxidative process under control. Antioxidants are the body's radiator cooling system. So antioxidants are abundant in fresh plant foods. For example, fresh wheat contains an axion (laughs) Seriously, axion antioxidant i am really struggling with that word and it's all written down in front of me typed all this up so that i wouldn't trip over anyway an antioxidant called vitamin e but this vitamin deteriorates within a few days of grinding the grain so most of us do not get enough antioxidant nutrients to keep our body's cooling system working properly so general tip Of the three micronutrients, protein protein is far and away the most thermogenic, which we mentioned earlier. And that is in order for the body to use protein, it has to be broken down into amino acid. And then these raw materials are rebuilt to a form which the body needs. This process uses a lot of energy, thus burning calories. So when eating protein worth 100 calories, half the calorie content could be used just Breaking the amino acids down and rebuilding them back up again. Another little tip. Um, each morning when you wake up, set yourself a little goal for the day. So this could be, I am not going to drink any coffee today or at the weekend. I'm resisting a glass of wine until 8pm or I will have a dessert but don't eat half of it. Mm, I'm not so sure on that last one. <laughs> I think I'd rather re-eat the whole dessert. Anyway, other goals. Include going for a walk to enjoy the beauty of nature, drinking water to help purify the body or just having five minutes to yourself every day. Keep a note of your daily goals in your diary and tick them off as you go. And a small daily goal like that can be a much easier way to get through without straying too much. Plus, you'll feel very pleased with yourself at the end of the day if you've achieved a goal you set yourself. So it's just about those bite-sized chunks. Also, if you want to be honest with everyone, tell them that you're trying to control your weight, that you've lost X amount of pounds and that you're not about to spoil it now. It's their problem if they can't respect that, not yours. So if you don't want the pudding, you don't want the sweet, say no. If you do drink alcohol, go for longer options like a spritzer or something with a tonic. I mean, it's not ideal, but it will last longer. Then make sure you alternate with sparkling water or something similar between each alcoholic drink. And since you've not drunk alcohol, hopefully over the 28 days, it won't take long for the effects to kick in. Now, there's the 80-20 rule, um, which I did mention previously, which I'm going to talk about now. Um, I'll talk about it in a minute because I want to give you a few top tips after we've spoken about all this. It's like, oh, I've taken all that in. How do I do it? So um, affirmations are really good as well so set yourself an affirmation every day um talk yourself through it louise hayes a really really good one to do um and remember to focus on protein to ensure your meal fills you up so again think about this will cover if you're vegan vegetarian or pescatarian or um you eat meat um so protein, protein includes chicken fish greek yogurt eggs or beans so you can get something out of all of that now become a food detective that's another top tip if something makes you hungry within two hours it has too much of a relationship with insulin and it's a food for you to avoid but do bear in mind it will be different for everybody how different foods react with your body now i'm going to come back to the 80 20 rule what is it it's simple 80% of the time eat clean and 20% of the time have a little of what you fancy. So have the dessert, have a little glass of wine. You know, for me, it's chocolate. Guess what? I have a little bit every day. Short Cara. Ah, so what I have was the nuts, I have a bit dark chocolate. Um, The thing is I have a little to enjoy, not binge and go stupid and then regret that I did. So I have chosen the little and often (laughs) technique. (laughs) do you know one day i might re-record this without tripping over my tongue anyway you get my drift so i always choose the little and often to go with the 20 percent now you might decide that you can't do it that way you can't control it um so if you prefer have one day a week as your 20 percent and then for the other six days eat really clean um and as you already know i don't believe in diets they don't work (laughs) i cannot express that enough um now, I know I've been talking a long time because my voice is starting to um, get a bit croaky and husky, but I have nearly come to the end of this podcast, so you can rest your ears. Um, now, we all have a life to live and enjoy, so don't deny yourself something you enjoy. It's a full start, as you'll only want it more, and then you don't enjoy it as all the guilt sets, sets in. So the key is moderation, okay? Um, so try this for 28 days. Try cutting out the crap. So you've got your caffeine, your refined sugars, your alcohol and processed foods. Replay this podcast. um, Or what you can do is go over and visit www.samhpilates.com and click on your 28-day habit changer, and this whole podcast gets delivered to you one section at a time over 28 days into your inbox. So this is if this has been way too much to take in in one hit, and it's a lot to take in, you know, it's 28 days worth of information in about 40 minutes, um, break it down, and then what you can do, if you get it by email, you can print it off and put it in a little book, um, and it does really, really work. It's a 28-day challenge. Just cut out the crap. And then once you've done that, understand how things work with your body. Understand, you know, how you eat, what the relationship food has with your body. And everybody is different. No one person is the same as the next person. Or I should say no two people are the same. And then you'll get to find your balance. You'll get to enjoy life, you know. And then if you want to, I don't know, trim up a little bit and you, you do your 80-20 think actually, I want to go back. Repeat 28 days of cutting out the caffeine, refined sugars, alcohol, and processed foods. Because believe me, when you've done it for 28 days anyway, your habits will change. It's all about creating new habits. Your taste will change. You will feel different. And you will then go down, have the pie and chips, and then feel really sluggish and rubbish afterwards. So you'll think, well, that's why I gave it up in the first place, okay? Um, so you're going to end up with more energy better hormone balance, less illness, less lethargy and, you know, a lot more higher in your mood. So give it a go. Um, like I said, if you want this drip fed over to your 28 days, log on to Sam H. Pilates, you know, click on to it, move over log on to it um, and get it delivered into your um, inbox every day for 28 days. If not, thank you for listening. Um, any questions? Just email me, sam at samhpilatis.com, and then we can have a chat. If not, enjoy the rest of your day. Um, Have fun, enjoy life, be happy, and be kind.